1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Welcome to the Along Came a Writer's Network. Opinions expressed on our shows do not necessarily reflect those of our network. Okay, so welcome to Along Came a Writer. It's a different kind of show. Uh, we're going to be, this is our actually our last show together um, as um, a two-hour Along Came a Writer show because we've we've done something exciting. We decided to start our own Along Came a Writer network, and we're each going to fly solo, as Carla Hoke uh, fondly says, (laughs) and have our own half-an-hour shows to begin with. You know, we may expand those as time goes by, and we're going to add more shows to the lineup as well. Um, So... um, it's sort of bittersweet that we're we're ending our two hour show. It's kind of fun. We've we've had so much fun together yeah. as hosties. <laughs> That's Carla Hoke laughing. And who else is on? No, this is no, Lena Zwey that laughed. Lena, Lena.
3: Lena's Oh last. Lena <laughs> Yeah. I so could Lena's on. I could not I could not ever log in, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. <I
1: tried.
2: laughs> so um so, Lena and Carla and, and Jeannie Wynn will be on, in, I'm sure, in just a few minutes. Uh, my yep. hosties, uh, my fellow hosties on the show, um, Jeannie Wynn, Lena Nelson-Dooley, and Carla Hoke. And I'm Linda Kozar, And um, we are going to be talking about our new shows in this half an hour. Um, but we've had, uh, before we do that, I'm going to say we've had quite a run with Along Came a yep. Writer, which was Gate Beautiful before that. And um, I started this over six years ago with the Gate Beautiful show, and we've had quite a, you know, a few other hosts besides the incredible ones we have now. We've had Sharon Leaf, Kelly Boyer Saggard, and Lynette Soul, and um, and you know, and then when we switched to Along Came a Writer, we have the wonderful hosts we have now. Um, Carla has to leave pretty fast. So I am going to start with you. I see that Jeannie is here as well. Hi, Jeannie. We are all present and accounted for. (laughs) All right. Well, um, because, uh, we're all going to be on at the same time, which could be terribly chaotic because, you know, we're all women too. And we like to talk, but we will try our best to identify ourselves. And Carla has to leave early. So I'm going to talk to her after, An abbreviated bio, because she does have a long bio. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hate
1: bios.
2: (laughs) Well, yours is funny, though. She was uh, originally from Florida, from the Wee Hamlet of Pace, Florida, which was in the Guinness Book of World Records for more churches per capita. Which is pretty cool. Okay, it's she true. attended. It's true. You know
4: what? I'm actually there. Actually, I'm actually from Houston, and I was raised in Pace. So that is raised. That's why I don't. I can't even. I can't even write okay. my own bio. I'm so sorry. I will Keep help
2: going. you with your bio. Okay, um, okay. She attended both Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama, as well as Old Dominion University in Virginia. Studied biology, English, Spanish, Didgeridoo, <laughs> symphonies, Didgeridoo, and Didgeridoo. Okay, I never could. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to pronounce Mm -hmm. it. And Klingon Mm -hmm. as a second language. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then she settled Mm -hmm. on secondary education and attempted to teach Spanish, English, and ESL for about a decade. Okay, Um, and she now resides, thankfully, in the People's Holy Republic of Texas. That is a technical name, yes. (laughs) Her first novel, Breaking Read, was featured by its publisher in March 2011, print version of the New York Times Sunday Book Review which is a big deal, as well as the June 2011 New York Review of Books, which is so cool. And that's an awesome book. I loved it. Um, And also her current whip is um, The Recessives, which I also love from what I've read. I haven't read the whole thing. And uh, one yeah, in that the category. I haven't read I haven't read the thing <laughs> 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 because well, I
4: keep rewriting it. <laughs>
2: well, that is good. You know, you better just you know let it go. I know. You know. I know. Let it go and get that thing published. Okay. I And know. Carla, <laughs> Carla is the host of the Geek Block on Along Came a Writer, and Geek Block, as I understand it, will continue. So, so let's talk about that, Carla. Talk about your plans.
1: Yeah.
4: My plans are, which this is a dangerous thing, but I think I'm going to have it on a Monday. The third mm-hmm. Monday of the month will be officially now and hereafter known as Mothership Monday. And I believe it is going to be at 1 o'clock. Did I tell you it was 1 or 1.30? 1
2: I think uh, I think, think said you said one thirty.
3: Okay. Then
4: let's go with that. Let's go with that. It doesn't um,
3: matter. You can change it. <laughs> yeah, but I we, know, we also need, we also need to tell them that's Central Time so that they can yes. figure out what is in their time. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All all, At all of, of our 1:30 shows
4: Central Standard Time.
2: Yes, all of our shows uh, are Central Standard Time. You know, yep. or they will be, and um, yes. so
4: so the because third I Monday. Because I feel like that. You know that is the the time zone that I feel like the Lord is on. Do you remember when uh, the millennium came and everybody was afraid the world was going to end? And I kept saying, "Yeah, but midnight. What time zone does the world end?" I'm like, "That's true. That's Christ Standard Time, right?"
1: (laughs) Perfect. Well, maybe maybe
3: we maybe Central Standard Time we need him more. I don't know.
1: That's
2: right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, so tell us about your show, and then we're going to play a little tune. It's it's uh, it's a tentative tune to start your show because, you know, that, that could change too, but we just want to give a listeners an idea. That's
5: right.
4: Yes. Uh, my show, I dedicate to speculative fiction writers mostly in the Christian fiction industry, although there are some great books out there that aren't necessarily among the Christian fiction publishers. Um, if you have a book that you would like me to interview you about, talk about, just please send me a copy because I want to make sure that, you know what, I, I want some books out there that people feel feel good about their kids reading, feel good about themselves reading, and, yes, um, but yeah. they're high-quality books. They're high-quality books. Um, but it's not just writers; um, it's all people, all manner of weirdo in the speculative fiction industry. Sometimes <laughs> it may be an agent, it may be an editor, it may be a publisher, it may be a cover designer. So now, it's explain for people fiction. who
2: don't know what it is. Explain spec-
4: speculative fiction. That is a very good question. You're good at hosting, Linda. Okay, <laughs> it is generally when you say uh, spec fic which is short for speculative fiction, people kind of look at you like you're a unicorn farmer. Like you just said, I, I'm a unicorn farmer. They have no idea what you mean. <laughs> it inclu- And then you just say sci-fi. But it's not sci-fi, although it does include sci-fi, um, fantasy, alternate history, um, for mm-hmm. example. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is an example of alternate history. Dystopia. Yes. Dystopia is when everything has kind of hit the fan. Um, steampunk. I think yeah. uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Frankenstein is actually steampunk, and there's oh, I a didn't new know that. kind of Ooh. yeah, new kind of I guess so. Anything that doesn't follow the rules necessarily. If you <laughs> have to make up a set of rules for your book because they don't adhere to normal. Science rules, it might be speculative. You might be a spec writer and don't even know. Well, like The
2: Time Traveler's Wife, you know, that book would definitely fall under that category. Okay.
4: All right. Right. So we gave people People just assume that it, you know, it has to have aliens in it. And that is not the case. It does not have to have aliens. Again, Frankenstein is considered speculative fiction. Anything in the horror genre actually is considered speculative fiction. Paranormal. If you have angels in your book, I'm sorry, but you're a spec writer, except but it. the
2: the kind of stuff that the kind of speculative fiction is more like. Um, you stick with more like a, a Christian worldview, or you know, or a, yes,
4: absolutely, you know, or Which, the
2: clean stuff. Because
4: I mean, some of that absolutely. stuff can go can there. Well, you know there, what? Anything, you know? any uh, Satan can use anything to his advantage. Even the so yes, I use yes. the clean stuff, and historically, speculative fiction, you know, fantasy, that sort of thing. That started out Christian, and the majority of speculative fiction work, you can't understand without there being a Christian worldview, because you have to accept there is good and there is evil. And if there is not a higher power, then there's no such thing as evil. So I I think people have to go ahead and and accept whether you personally believe in God or not. Your book probably does.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm trying trying to. That's true. I'm going to play this tentative uh, geek block tune and then I want to ask you about Realm Makers because um, you're teaching sure. there so I'm going to ask you about that next so let me play this and then we'll dive in
1: straight away
4: Kind of groovy
1: linda <laughs> that is.
2: it is it it's I like not that. bad it's like kind of groovy, yeah. you know you can you can use it in between little, segments or something geeky. i
1: think
2: it's, <laughs> it it's it's like well it. it's it's the geek block you know <laughs> it goes with spec fic so that's so that's right so tell us tell us about Realm makers you're going to be teaching and you taught uh, a variation of this for writers on the storm i believe I,
4: I did, I did, this year at Realm Makers, the, uh, which is a conference that, that caters to speculative fiction uh, writers in the Christian fiction industry, but it is for anybody who dare go there. The classes are great, and it's a smaller number, so you really are one-on-one with a lot of people.
1: Um, and when is and I'll it? Be
4: talking, it is next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And okay. the very last class is a class, uh, it's called a fight panel, and it's for anyone who wants to write a realistic um fight scene for their, for their work. They'll come in, um, they'll ask questions, we'll do some demos, so that you can understand what really does happen. You know, if people get in a fist fight, how does it work out? What you see on the movies, you know, where it goes on and on and on, that's generally not how it works. It's generally a, well, you said this, well, you said this smack, okay, I changed my mind. But that's not good writing, you know, so okay. they need to know, hey, this is, a, this is how it actually works and this is what doesn't work. Where, where is
3: this thing, the Realm Maker. It makers. is
4: at Villanova. It is at Villanova Villan- this year. Yeah, Vill-
3: Villanova. Where is that? I don't know where that is. <laughs> Philadelphia.
4: Oh my Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I Philadelphia. Isn't that sad? I'm having to wonder myself. It's in Philadelphia. And they do okay. generally have Realm Makers at universities, and um, you can stay in the dorm if you choose to. Most people do, and it's a it's a much lower cost. You can get a meal ticket and eat in the cafeteria, which most folks do. So really um, brings down the cost. Do you have to wear flip-flops in the shower?
2: Is it that kind of play? No, I'm just kidding.
1: I always wear flip-flops in the shower. I don't understand the question. (laughs) Okay, well,
2: I know you you have to go. I guess on that note, (laughs) um, I'm going to let you go, Carla, because um, I I know you have to get out of there. You have an appointment. And um, I will will jump to Jeannie Wynn and Lena Nelson-Dooley. Next. And talk about the Okay. Shows.
4: Which one <laughs> okay. next?
5: <laughs>
4: well Lena, fight, since fight, you're talking <laughs> let's go ahead and
2: put you on. Okay. Me? So yes. So wait, let okay. me uh, let me just read a little bit about you. Okay. <laughs> Award winning author Lena Nelson Dooley has more than eight hundred and fifty thousand copies of her books sold. She's a member of ACFW, which is American Christian Fiction Writers, and um local chapter of uh, ACFW-DFW, which is Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, she's also a member of the Christian Authors Network, CAN, yay, and... Um, she loves her husband James, her children, grandchildren, great grandsons, chocolate cherries, chocolate covered cherries, <laughs> and spending time with friends okay
0: so <laughs> I, and you've
2: won a whole slew of awards, but that was yeah. the whole show, so yeah,
3: well, I just feel um, like they're gifts from God to me, so th- that's what they are. My awards are gifts from God to me,
2: okay, <laughs> amen.
3: so tell us about uh your show. I'm so excited. Well, I decided to use the Lena Nelson Dooley show because, you know, so many marketing people say you need to use name recognition every place you can. And so it's going to be the Lena Nelson Dooley show. Whoever thought that I would ever have a Lena Nelson Dooley show. (laughs) But my (laughs) (laughs) my
1: my,
3: (laughs) my tagline is books, movies, and more. And, uh, I will be interviewing authors, which uh, I interview authors on my blog. It kind of matches my blog, the, and it's alinanelson-dooley.blogspot.com. So they kind of match because I interview authors of books in written from a Christian worldview. They don't have to have been published by a Christian publisher, uh, and I do. I do both. Uh, traditionally published and um, indie published and i I myself am am a hybrid you know uh, author because i i do both but i will also the reason i said movies is because i'm on the board of directors of higher ground films and um i will occasionally have someone from uh new christian movies on uh you know we have we have interviewed the producer uh of the of the movie that we are in pre production for. Uh and oh, you interviewed you. Yeah. Well you interviewed me and then I interviewed Pola on that yeah. show. Yeah. And so uh we are we are um so much closer and God's been moving mightily in, in those ways. And the more uh I just feel like if God lays it on my heart to interview someone who is doing something for the kingdom that doesn't have to do with books and movies, but that people need to know about, I'm going to interview them. And well, awesome. my show, my show. Uh, I don't know if you saw my last email I sent you. <laughs> I just changed <laughs> my mind again about the the time because I noticed okay. your mm-hmm. show was going to be at 12 noon, and I went, "Wow, that means people could listen during their noon hour."
1: Mhm. You know. Okay.
3: So I de- I decided that I would have mine at twelve noon, but mine is is the third Tuesday. Now didn't uh Carla said hers was the third Monday. She's been yes. one day and I'm gonna be the next day. Be, okay. be, mine will be August the sixteenth at twelve noon, which is a Tuesday. My first that's when we are introducing <laughs> the Lena Nelson Dooley show. And, All right. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it.
2: Oh, I am too. That's going to be awesome. Well, um, let's listen to a sample tune. And, you know, if you like it or you don't like it, it doesn't okay. matter because we're very fluid with this. <laughs> Here we okay. go. I did a lot more upbeat music for our new network because... I heard I'm heard i not hearing anything said,
3: but drums.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, something happened with that one. I'm not sure what.
3: <laughs> oh, well. We won't worry about it. Let's listen okay, to another can, one. we can uh, practice next uh, 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 another yeah. time. You
1: can, we can figure it out. Okay. Is that
3: it? I hear music now. Yes. I like that. I want to be upbeat. <laughs> oh, that's
1: very okay, interesting. Nice well, good.
2: good, and and what? you know, I I wanted to do more upbeat music because uh, a a lady who listens quite a lot to our shows said I like putting it on before I go to bed because it helps put me to sleep.
1: <laughs> so,
5: so I said no,
1: <laughs> no, we can't have that.
2: We want to wake you up, and and which is why I'm doing mystery and suspense because I will scare you. <laughs> You won't be able to go to bed, but um, <laughs> so um, so anyway. Um, yeah, I'm I like that.
3: Tell us about sure. okay. So, do you have your first guest lined up at all, or an idea? You know, this is terrible. I haven't, and I I will probably uh, get no. That's to, uh, Get someone from. I'm I'm I've kind of moved into this this year. I will get someone who I've I'm interviewing on the blog. To have on the blog talk radio, and I'm I'm gonna look at that this week, Linda. I mean, this whole month has been crazy because oh um, yeah. I'm working on I'm working on two novellas. I, I you know one's to the side and one I and I'm gonna have to go to the side one because the other one I came up against a roadblock, and I'm finishing editing the final edit of, of my first ninety eight thousand word novel, and it's my gonna goodness. go to. It's going to be published through my uh, through uh, Heartline. And, uh, oh, wonderful! So oh, so they're publishing that... now? Are they publishing? Well, the uh, Amazon offered literary agents uh, a thing called White Glove Program, mm-hmm. and they 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 we can. I got the rights back to Love Find You in Golden, New Mexico, uh, because it's out of print, and it's and that yes, was an award winning. Wasn't that an award yes, winner? Yes, award okay. winning, and I mm-hmm. I re- it released it in May as um, uh, the Gold Digger, and I okay. just finished. Uh, I'm, I'm we're doing my first audio book, and uh, the lady had finished the uh, doing it, and so yes, yesterday and the day before, I was listening to an eight hour. <laughs> No, it was a ten hour. It ended up being ten. A ten hour. Um, yes. Audio book to to check to see if there were any misspelt, mispronounced things, and then I sent. There were only three, and I sent them to her. Uh, yesterday. And afternoon. that's very important. That's very
2: important because yeah. I I have seven so far, and it's very yeah. important you know to catch that because you can yeah. ruin everything.
3: Yeah. And yeah. so. I just got an, another email back, something. I think she may have finished them and turned it in last night because it said 11-something. I'm going to go listen to one of the chapters to make sure the words were were redone. And uh, I'm not going to listen to the whole book again. But you know what it did? I'd forgotten what a good book that book was. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, um now we're
2: running out of time here so and I, I want to okay. get to Jeannie, but I'll tell you what, Jeannie Wynn, I wanna do you uh your interview at the end so we can segue straight into your show. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I think I've probably had my and,
3: share of time.
2: <laughs> well, I'd love for you to stay on while you know Oh yeah, I'll stay um, on.
3: Okay, um,
2: Okay. so I'm going to – I'll talk about me really fast, and then I'll get to Jeannie. Um, I am going to be doing a show called Chat Noir,
1: <laughs> and that's
2: Mystery and Suspense, because I write a lot of cozy mysteries, and um, there's so many mystery, suspense, and thriller authors. And, I mean, I just think it is going to be a lot of fun. So let me play my opener. <laughs> That's enough of that. But it has that creepy vibe. I wanted to uh, uh, combine, like, if Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock had a baby, uh, that would be the music. (laughs) (laughs) So so do you guys like it? Do you like that? I like it. I like it a lot.
3: It gives that kind of feel that you were looking for. I mean, it goes with your title.
2: Yeah, so we're going to, and that's a play on words, too, chat noir, you know. it's yeah. You know, sure. black cats are a lot, uh, there's a lot of scary movies and stuff with a black cat, and a lot of mystery novels um, uh, use cats, you know, uh, utilize yeah. cats. A cat is usually a part of a mystery somehow. I don't know why that is. It just is.
6: See, it makes <laughs> me think of Guy Noir. Guy Noir. Yes, um, I love Star- Guy Noir. Noir.
2: Yes. and uh, But there's a famous poster, Chat Noir, you know, famous. Uh, yeah artwork you know so there's there's a lot there and this is a plan where it's because it's chat because we're chatting (laughs) yeah not so much about the kitty cat but um, I want to interview all the uh, all the authors in this genre Uh, and I know there are a lot more I mean doing a little research there are a lot more than I ever imagined (laughs) so I'm excited that'll keep me going for quite a long time (laughs) <laughs> uh, so so Jeannie, let's talk about yeah. you. Let's let's let me just read a little bit um about Win Win Media, which was launched in two thousand
7: one.
2: Mm-hmm. Um and let's see, you what happened was that Jeannie thought it'd be fun to work on publicity for a few books on a freelance basis. And then, <laughs> boom, it just happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it went from there. That's how God works, though, doesn't he? And so you quit we your job in Win-Win
6: Media. We opened our doors, and in, <laughs> we opened our us, doors in 2001 with one client. And um, and That's then the brave. next February, got, yes, it was. And then the next February, we got a five-book deal from Waterbrook Press do press for five books, and we've never looked back. And we've worked on a lot of fiction over the years. Um, Up until probably, I would say, two years ago, the majority of what we did was fiction, but now we do um, a a, a nice split between fiction and nonfiction. We have some really great everything from um, Karen Kingsbury that we're working on now to a book called Starstruck by a an amazing Christian astronomer um, that's oh, coming out this fall. So interesting. we have a very nice mix. But the name of my show is called The Winner Circle, W-Y-K-E-N. Which I love. <laughs> oh, I like that. So, well, how yeah. yeah. play on words, right? <laughs> yeah, spell like win. And my tagline is, um, my tagline is basically – Publishing veteran Jeannie Wynn talks a whole lot about publishing and a little bit about life. And so oh, we nice. are going to I have the unique perspective of having been in publishing since nineteen eighty nine and um and then having our PR firm for almost fifteen years in September. So let's just to put it the way we do in Oklahoma, I know a lot of folks. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> so
1: you've Jeannie, been a PR as
2: long as i've been married i got married in
1: nineteen eighty <laughs> so Jeannie.
3: I, a, yes ma'am oh i was just gonna say Jeannie was uh the publicist on uh for Levant Golden New mexico I'm actually
6: asked. yeah <laughs> i was the launch i was a launch publicist for that for publicist for that line
3: and, yes
6: um we've also worked with many debut um fiction authors and also lots of other authors i even looked way way back in the archives and realized that we had done a book by donald trump even long time ago <laughs> oh my so, goodness um, wow really? we donald trump we did debbie may Maycomber, um max sucato uh, we also work obviously with a lot of de- we love working with the debut authors and so but i just really um think that we have a, 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 I have a unique perspective because um, I have been in publishing since 1989. I've seen all of the changes. I know so many of the people involved. So we want to talk to everybody, authors, agents, editors, marketing folks, but I'm also wanting to talk to the readers. And so in addition to everything else, we're going to be talking to the readers. We're going to talk about publishing, but I want to also talk a little bit about life. And well, so, are you girls um, both going
2: to do giveaways? Uh, are you both going to do, like, book giveaways and things like that?
3: Well, if the we, author wants to, I will. Right. Yeah.
6: You know what? Okay. I think I love giveaways, but I also think sometimes giveaways can take away from what you're doing. So I will – it well, will actually depend on – it it will actually depend on who I'm talking to. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm wondering – I'm. I don't know. Right. I'm wondering if I will either because – I do a giveaway on the blog. Right. I don't know if I'd need to also do a giveaway on the radio show. We'll right. see. We'll see. I think I'm,
2: I'm definitely going to do them. I'm going to do them cuz I think the readers like it, you know. They on, do love
6: it. They do yeah. love it. But with some of the people we talk to, giveaways might not necessarily be an option. And
2: right.
6: so we're just going to take it guess by guess and I'm looking at tentatively my show being my first show being August 25th at noon central time and it will be I'm hitting wanting to hit like that that um that Thursday of the month. And so that's when I'm looking at my show being and I'm really going to have a variety of people. I mean, I I really want people to get a sense of what the publishing world is like and um a lot of us have weathered the changes in the publishing industry. I mean, you know, when we first started PR, there was not social media. There was not Facebook. There was not um There weren't online sites that do reviews. There weren't bloggers. And so um, we're really going to kind of talk to a lot of different people about what's um, been going on. Um, Well,
2: one thing I forgot to ask is, are your shows going to be half an hour or an hour? Are you going to start with a half an hour and maybe work your way up to something different?
3: I'm going to start with a half an hour, but I would like the option open. I would like the option to go ahead and grow if if we feel the need to. Sure. We all have that option. Well
6: I love the idea of having a whole entire hour because you can do more than one guest if you do an an hour and life is really too short for just one (laughs) guest. Should be like a uh, that sounds like a
2: real high <laughs> life tagline or something. I'm not sure, but you know what? Now it's 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 time it's time for yeah. your show, Jeannie. But I wanted to quickly say that uh, the guests on our show today, uh, Jeannie's guest is William Searles, Lena Nelson Dooley's guest is Carol McAdoo, and Carla Hoke's guest is Becky Miner, who happens to run the Realms Conference. So uh, I, we are going to back away from the microphone and <laughs> and a. Allow Jeannie to interview our guest, who is on the line. Okay, William, are you, there? You. are
1: you there? Oh, I am here.
0: Hello, everyone. Hello.
6: Um, <laughs> everybody, meet William Sarles. Um, I am so excited to have you uh, on the show today. And we're uh, along came a writer. And as you might have been listening a little bit before, we're all getting—we've uh, all been working together on this show. But now we're all getting our own shows. William, and so I'm. um, We're really excited about that. So that was kind of a little bit of what you heard before, but I am so happy to have you join me today because we're going to talk about your book, The Reason. I'm going to start uh, with the bio, um, and uh, I, you know, you know, I call you Bill, so I keep wanting to call you Bill.
1: So.
6: you know, but for this purpose, I will be calling you William, just so they know you by your name when they go to look for the book.
1: I'm All right. Perfect. Um,
6: you were once a senior vice president in a large investment firm. You were incarcerated, actually in two thousand two thousand and seven, for wire fraud and money laundering. Your life lessons involving faith, grace, and forgiveness are evident in your writing, and you are the best-selling author of The Reason, um, which is going to be a picture, motion, motion picture, which we're going to talk about soon. And you make your home in Southern California. Um, and we want to welcome you. I have to tell everybody in the spirit of full disclosure that I am Bill's publicist, Williams' publicist, on this book and very happy to be so. Um, we got a lot to talk about in 30 minutes. Tell people where your inspiration came Uh, for the reason it was initially published in 2012 but you've come back and you've actually changed it so talk about your inspiration and also your inspiration for changing the book up for the 2016 release date
0: first of all thank you very much for having me on the show I've been looking forward to this Um, that that first question is kind of a tough question without giving away too much so I'll kind of give you my medium to long answer uh, I was inspired to write the original version of The Reason back in early 2004, which on the surface was a pretty difficult time in my life. I had just gone through a divorce. And keep in mind, I was in the peak of some activities that were hurting a lot of good people. And once again, those were activities that would ultimately lead me to federal prison. Uh, you know, I remember walking down a hallway at a hospital back in Detroit, I was there to visit my oldest daughter, who had just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and I was pretty much drowning in my own pity party uh, when I came across a young couple that I'm going to guess was probably in their late 20s, and they were pulling their son uh, in a little red wagon. And I'm guessing the little boy was probably around three years old. You know, he had lost his hair. Uh, He was very thin and frail and at the risk of sounding too blunt. I mean, cancer treatments and leukemia treatments have come a long way in the last 10 years. Yes. I guess the only way I can really say it is he kind of had that death look. Sure. And for me, it was one of those rare moments, you know, when you realize your problems aren't as bad as you think they are. And when I was trying to fathom the amount of stress this little boy was going through, he looked up and smiled at his parents, and they smiled mm-hmm. back at him. And literally, it was, just, it was one of the most beautiful exchanges I'd ever seen. And yeah. something inside of me wanted to make those smiles last because in so many cases they don't. So over the next couple of years, uh, as I continued to head down the wrong road in life, I, I scribbled around 1,000 pages on legal pads about a magical character that shows up to make those smiles last. Hence, the original ending came. And there was always something about the original ending that left me a little bit unsettled. And I try not to think too much, but uh, after a lot of thought and prayer, I, I think our new ending does a, a much better job. Of making those smiles last while delivering a, a Christian message that will really help a lot of people and not only entertain them but hopefully bring them a little closer to God.
6: You know what I think it's very interesting because you don't always get a second chance with a with a novel do you?
0: Um, no it's very 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 rare it's it's uh, particularly from a writer's perspective it's always nice to go back and, and, and make some adjustments but at the same time I, I think you know regardless of how many times you go over a story um you, you you could always make it better and you're you're really never done but at some point you got to say hey this is it and walk away and and you know hope readers enjoy it and so far we've been well, pretty blessed on the feedback
6: yeah the, the feedback has been awesome and the reviews have been really awesome too one thing about the book is um you know once people hit that first chapter of the book um you really do hit the ground running with with the reason and um but i what i really loved i think so much about the book was it it really does have a community feel to it with your characters and and how it impacts them um you know what i don't how do you think how did you write that because i you don't always get such a sense of community from a book
0: well, you know, I think writers, you know, they, they try to share what they know and some of their personal experience, and I actually grew up in a small town in Michigan, and it's, I guess, it's one of those places where everyone knows what everyone's doing, and even some things they aren't doing, <laughs> but uh, I tried, what I tried to do in the reason was take little bits of the town I grew up in and mix it with some of the surrounding towns to give the story setting, you know, that, that warm and fuzzy familiar feeling you get when you pull into a small town, even though you've never been there before. I think that 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 kind of puts readers at ease and 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 helps writers set up, making the the characters more relatable.
1: Right,
6: right. You know, in the in the course of all this, you've been there was um, actually an article that was done um, a few years back from Publishers Weekly that kind of talked about what you had been, what you had went through in your life, and and really some some really difficult life lessons um, for you. Um, How do you? And I don't know if you're working on a new book. Actually, I've never asked
0: you. but I am um, working on a new book.
6: <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but how do you think all that you've gone through, which was really, really difficult, um, but you really stepped to the plate um, and really took, you wanted to take responsibility for your actions and you really stepped to the plate. But how has that how is that whole um, experience um, changed you, and changed your writing.
0: Um, I mean, from a writing perspective, you know, there's an old saying: if you want to clear out a party, start talking about religion or politics. And in my personal <laughs> belief, is, my personal belief is that the reason those two things aren't aren't uh, popular is because adults don't like being told what to do. And I, I think the best way to share your lessons uh, is through your actions. But. You know, prior to going to federal prison, you know, like so many of us, you know, I was caught up in a a daily routine where you wake up, you go to work, and you come home, you eat dinner, you kiss the kids goodnight, and then you wake up the next day to do it all over again without ever carving out any God time. And at the same time, uh, you know, I found it really, really easy to be one person on Sunday and and someone Mm -hmm. entirely different Monday through Saturday. In, in terms of life lessons, you know, I think we've got them. The Lord gives them to us, the opportunity for us to learn from them all the time. But mine pretty much began sitting in a federal courtroom back in October of 2007. As you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, I was sentenced on charges of wire fraud and money laundering. And I pretty much at the time, restricted my chats to God when I needed something. And, and take my word for it when you're about ready to find out how long you're going on a government-sponsored vacation for it's a good time to start talking to the guy upstairs. <laughs> but I <All> right. basically <laughs> I told God, I go, uh, you know, just give me the opportunity to keep me out of prison. Uh, give me a chance to fix the mess I created. And I promised him I'd be a better man, a better father, a better everything, whatever he wanted. And, you know, through his incredible grace and power, It only took god around 10 seconds to answer my prayer and his answer was no so Mm i was off to federal prison i was given a 52 month sentence and i guess just like a little kid being put in time out you know god wanted me there because he knew something was missing and i've said it you know probably a thousand times that i wouldn't wish prison on my worst enemy but Mm -hmm. i always follow it up by saying there are few things i trade the experience for because even though i always had the time you know, it gave me the opportunity to, to slow down and real, realize what's important. And uh, as my faith grew I and mean, I became anxious to share the things I learned and, and I didn't want to come across as, you know, some jailhouse lunatic. You know, God must be in prison because that's where everyone seems to meet him, you know, throwing Bibles at people out from the back of my car. So I figured the best way for me to to share what I learned would be through sprinkling these things amongst characters in the book. Right.
6: Um, talk, let's talk a little bit about that um, and the characters um, in the book. Who I just think um, that you've yeah you have such a, a a wonderful character development with all the characters in the book. Talk a little bit about um, your main characters and um, and and a little bit if you want to continue on with kind of your process. For character writing, because we have a lot of people that listen that are writers, we also obviously have a lot of readers. Um, but talk about like I always wonder if some characters aren't based on real people. Um, you know, one of my favorite characters in the book is Charlie. Um, you know, so talk a little bit about characters and um, and how you how you do it.
0: Um, you know, I I think we're fortunate, I mean, based on the feedback we have, um, you know, sometimes people have trouble identifying the main character because we set this book up. I say we, whenever you and all the writers out there can to attest to this, you get a lot of help when you're writing a book. And we really tried to create a diverse set of individuals in the story that hopefully would grab the attention or people would latch on to different characters. But, you know, jokingly, or I guess not too jokingly, I've heard several authors say in their in their own way, that there's really no such thing as a fictional character, and to an extent, I would say that many of our characters are inspired, you know, obviously by people we know, and it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, throwing bits and pieces of different people you know into an individual character, or you know, even a single character. But uh, you know, in terms of, of picking out a favorite character, um, or you know, getting into the process of making a f- favorite character, I mean, it's it's tough. It's almost like picking out your favorite kid. But uh, there, there is a doctor in the story who, who's a pretty staunch atheist, and uh, his name is Zach Norman, and, I, and mm-hmm. I've had several people say that uh, Zach reminds them of me in my previous life. And once the story gets going and you, and you realize what makes Zach the way he is and you see him experience, you know, see the light, you know, per se, it's fun watching once you realize why he is the way he is. It's fun watching the light come on and, and uh, really – I get a lot of satisfaction from people enjoying his character because if God or Christ can turn around guys like me and Zach, he can he can help anybody.
6: One of the things about um, a fiction is, you know, I mean, obviously we work with fiction. You're you're in now in the process of of promoting the reason and talking about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if somebody says to you, "Hey, what is the reason about?" What do you tell them without giving away too much of the plot? Because even in writing press releases, um, we work very hard at not communicating. We don't want to give away the ending. You know, we don't want to give away too much of the book. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, what's the reason about? What's your what's your little elevator pitch that you give them that doesn't give away the ending?
0: Um. You know, I, to put it in a nutshell, I would say the the reason is a book of Second Chances. And at the beginning of the story, there is a cross that gets hit by lightning outside of a small church. And the church is uh, led by a blind pastor. And him, he and his small congregation, they can't afford to fix it. And there's a young oncologist, a young lady that works with little cancer patients, that hears about this. And she's the type that likes to help everybody with all their problems. So she puts together, let's call a, a ragtag team of volunteers to fix it, including a mother with a cancer, cancer-stricken child, uh, Zach, the atheist doctor who I just mentioned. Uh, there's a nurse by the name of Nurse Caitlin. That
1: mm-hmm. is super
0: nur- she is super nurse during the day. A lot of people like this character. Um, she's super nurse during the day, but struggles with alcohol at night. And we really spend a lot of time on redefining this character because we, whether we know it or not, most of us have someone in our life that appears to have their act together, but behind the scenes they might be struggling with pills or alcohol. And then the the wild card character that joins this team, we'll call him a wild card, and there's a character by the name of Kenneth. And something's up with him, I mean, without giving away the story. But when they all come together to fix this cross, really what we try to do is give readers and these characters a firsthand look at where God is when bad things happen to good people. Because regardless of what your faith is, bad things happen to good people, and sometimes we're stuck looking at each other, looking up in the sky and saying, Why me? And, uh... Once again, based on the results uh, and the feedback we're getting on the story I, I, we we couldn't be happier
6: well, you know i obviously we're publicists that work on fiction and nonfiction both you know we do both sides of the coin um on that, and we love both and we've been impacted by both but why do you think that a novel can often be a tool um in someone's life where maybe a non fiction book can't be
0: um well I think I think Nonfiction, you know, you're you're in most cases when you're talking about life-changing events, you're talking about one person's experience, and I think it's easier if you have a cast of characters uh, that have different problems. And as I just mentioned, we've got we've got a pretty diverse cast here, and it's much easier for a reader to attach to one of several characters instead of attaching to an individual person's story or just one story that might be in the nonfiction book. Does that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, if
6: you were g- yeah, it makes total sense. And if you were if you were going to categorize the reason, um, like what would you what would you categorize it at? Because I think obviously it's suspense, it's inspirational. It's I mean, what category do you put it in?
0: I would I would classify it as inspirational fiction. And really, um, you know, the gist of the story. I don't know how many emails, literally thousands of emails I've had on this that. Um, based on second chance. In reality, we all get many, many more than second chances. But right. people, people are coming away from the story, you know, saying that we don't have to be defined by our pasts. And once again, you know, bad things happen to us, whether we're responsible for those things happening or, or someone else happening or being responsible for those things happening. Uh, we don't have to be defined by that. We can reinvent ourselves every day. And, and uh, unlike myself in my prior life, when, you know, like, so I don't like telling people what to do, but I would encourage them. To put God at the center of everything, and, and then to uh, watch these pieces of the puzzle, or your life puzzle, not only come into view, but come together in a way that will make your life, you know, much more satisfying beyond anything you ever knew.
6: Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you mentioned um, the emails you're getting. What What is it like um, to hear from? What is like? What's it like to hear from readers?
0: It, you know it is really, really cool i was uh you know I was asked when the original book came out, would you rather sell you know a million copies of a book or would you rather help bring one person closer to God? And at the front of all my work now, I mean nothing is more important than introducing somebody to the Lord and we, and we all come come to know him in our own separate ways, but to get emails like, "Hey, you know this helped me deal with my son or this helped me through my personal problem or I could really relate to someone that had a sick child. And just, mm-hmm. you know, you think about all the hours and all the help you get to, to put a story together. And individually, I mean, these so many of these emails all by themselves make it worth the effort, and just it's just the best feeling in the world. <clears throat>
6: yeah. You know, we've worked with several debut authors over the years. And, you know, um, there's kind of this holding time waiting room, I guess, between the time you write the book and even you begin marketing, publicizing the book, in advance and then you still have a little bit of time sometimes before you hear from the readers um, because you know it just takes a little time for it to get out there and um, I always encourage um, my debut authors that I'm working with you know just they put a little post-it note on your computer that says wait for the reader because I think once you start hearing from the readers for one thing obviously it all becomes very real but People are touched in a thousand different ways from a story. Um, now, I think that um, one of, I think, usually one of every writer's stream is for their book to go into a motion picture. Would mm-hmm. you
5: say that's correct?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think everyone goes into a project. Everyone everyone wants to be a New York Times bestseller. Everyone wants to, you know, <laughs> you start honing your Academy Award speech before you even start writing your first book. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you.
6: Yeah. So in 2017, the reason will be coming to the big screen as a movie, um, talk a little bit um Kind of how that how that came to be because you I mean the filming is wrapped on the movie correct
0: yes we uh, finished filming back in March
6: okay and um, you've got some really amazing heavy hitting actors in this movie can you uh, tell folks about the movie and uh, help them kind of start to anticipate that a little bit
0: well um, you know when you're an author and for sure the writers out there that have gone through this can experience this initially. When you hear you're you're, you're ecstatic, you know, oh my gosh, my book's going to become a movie, my book's going to become a movie, and then when the process begins, and I've I've spoken with s- several authors whose books were turned into movies, and um, I think across the board, everyone once you once you get past the fact that it's going to be turned into a movie, the, the initial experience is terrifying because you're trying to figure out what's going to happen to the story that you've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me. And I have to tell you, I mean, it, it obviously helps when you have an Academy Award winner, uh, Louis Gossett, Jr., leading the cast. Yeah. But well, we were blessed. I mean, with just a, an amazing cast. And, you know, I was there every day for the shooting and was literally fascinated by the, the overall process. And across <laughs> the board, I mean, there were no exceptions. I couldn't be more happier with the performance literally everyone gave. And uh, I'm just super, super excited about the movie coming out.
6: So you were on the set, right? I was. Um, Had you ever been on a movie set before?
0: I have not.
6: So what was it like? Give us the inside scoop.
0: It is, uh, it's just, it's amazing, you know, I guess a phrase I heard several times from from people, not the actors themselves, but from the, you know, the the crew. We just had just a fun crew. It was just a big family and everyone had a great time, but a lot of hurry up and wait. You know, it's amazing, Um you know, each day you'll be there from you know six in the morning till six at night, and through all that time they're literally only filming around five minutes of the movie per day, and they do the same thing over and over again from different angles. Obviously, they get different different cameras set up from the get go, but uh, watching it happen, I mean, just from an author perspective, you have these little moments where your ego taps on your shoulder and says, "Hey, hey, these people are acting out something you wrote," and it's just it's a phenomenal feeling. And then you watch. Uh, I don't like to use the word spin, but you'll watch each actor put, or, or put their take on your characters. And like I said, just ac- across the board, I, I literally zero disappointments. It was just phenomenal.
6: Well, one of the things is um, people, I don't know if people know this, um, it's actually fairly common in movies for there to be um, media that gets to go in for certain days for press mm-hmm. visits.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
6: and so we actually were able to help with a couple of those media that went in for those press visits, because, like I said, we're working on PR for your book. And they were um, they were just – came back with just the – that it was just the best experience with everybody that was involved um, in the picture, that it was just the best, best experience for them, even as the media. And so um, – you know, I can't wait for this movie to come out. Now, do you have it? Do, do you have a date for it yet?
0: We do not have the release date. In fact, we had a little bit of a, a call this morning, and I think we're going to be getting closer to that pretty soon. But in, across the board, I think we're looking at spring of 2017.
6: Yeah, that would be really, really awesome. Um, and it will be, um, you know, I think that what people will see is, um, I think it's always very interesting when books come to, um, books come into a movie. I mean, it's like you know, if you're trying to do an apples-to-apples comparison, sometimes it's hard. But I, I cannot imagine w- considering the opening of that book how this movie is going to be. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it myself. Um, what's your greatest hope from 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 the book and the movie with this? What's your greatest hope? Um, I know we've talked a lot about today about second chances, but
1: mm-hmm.
6: um you know what do you want to take away to be? what's your greatest hope with both the movie um and and the book
0: well you know in my perspective, like I said, I've had a pretty animated life, and you know I want people to to become closer to God, obviously without taking the the route I took and you know from the get go you know we've we've looked at entertainment across the across the board. I think it's unfortunate how so many Christian films, you know, fall by the wayside. While you've got the Fifty Shades, you know, people lined up around the block to walk the, watch the Fifty Shades of Grey, out there. So our our goal, you know, obviously on the surface once again is to bring people closer to God. But as we talked at the, at the beginning of the show about those awkward conversations where you start talking about you know a relationship with Christ or, or Jesus, I think it would be great if the book or the or the movie provided some type of icebreaker or bridge. Between a Christian and a friend of theirs that might be on the fence with their faith, or even a non-believer, so maybe uh, a Christian could read the book, pass it on to a friend that's a you know a fellow Christian, or better yet, pass it on to a friend that's a non-believer, and then maybe you know that will serve you know once again as an icebreaker to that awkward conversation that that will lead to bigger conversations like hey who is this Kenneth character or why did Zach have a change in his life why did Caitlin have a change in her life
1: mm-hmm. why was everyone
0: you know Told to only believe. And hopefully right. once again uh, you know that, that will smooth out that conversation, once again lead to a bridge and you know hopefully we can all come together and expand the kingdom.
6: Sure. Now now the cover, you cannot miss the cover of the book with the reason and it's published by Broad Street. You cannot miss the cover of this book. It is white book with a bright red apple on the front. Um, it's available, obviously, through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, also um, at your, you know, wherever you shop for your favorite books, um, you know, Barnes & Noble stores, actual stores. Um, tell a little bit about the significance of that apple.
0: You know, the, Caitlin, once again, our super nurse during the day and troubled alcoholic at night, Um, once again she represents that person we we might know in the background that appears to have their act together but might be struggling with something and pretty relatively quickly in the book, um, Caitlin is at a bar and she has her first encounter, in fact it's the first time we see our, our friend Kenneth who once again is our wildfire character, he comes up to her, they have a little bit of an interaction and he puts an apple right in front of her on top of the bar and starts asking her questions about it and Really what the apple represents is how perfectly we were made and how easily we can let hiccups in our past define who we are. In fact, one of the questions he asks her is what would happen to the apple if it had a worm inside of it? And she responds by saying it would eat it up. She is correct, but she has no idea how correct she really is in reference to what he means, if that makes sense. Right,
6: right. Um, There is a fabulous website for this book. Can you tell people how to find it?
0: Sure. uh, You can go to thereasonbook.com, and it gives you a little bit of a rundown on the story. And we've actually made a book trailer out of movie scenes, so people can get a a little Mm -hmm. bit of a sneak peek at the movie. And there's also an opportunity on there to enter for a contest uh, to win an all-expenses-paid trip to the movie premiere. Awesome. Awesome thereasonbook.com. We'd love you Have to stop by and pay us a visit.
6: Yeah. Um, And you're working on something else. Can you give us a little, just a little like sneak peek or can you tell us about what you're working on next? Uh, Well,
0: I'm I'm currently working on a couple of things. Uh, We've been in a conversation. We're going to be making a movie out of my second book which is The Sinner's Garden. So I'm spending most of my time um, co-authoring, I guess you can say, the screenplay and I'm Right on the tail end of wrapping up another book, and um, you know, once again, it's just it's just a great feeling, you know, uh, having people out there that read the stories and enjoy them, and it's it's just great to share the things I've learned and and hopefully make a difference in people's lives.
6: You know, Bill, you've been um, there. I go, um, you've been very honest about today. And you've been very honest about your failings and all. Um, Today there might be somebody who's listening who really, really doesn't know uh, that that they can truly have um, a second chance.
0: Mm -hmm. What would you say to
6: that person today?
0: Well, I'd say first of all, we get way more then there's a second chance I always you know say a second chance to to remind people of that last time that we all screw up yeah I would say you know part of being human is is making mistakes, and it doesn't matter you know what that mistake is you know God or you know through christ um, you know he can fix everything, and you really have got to put the time in um you know share share you know go find yourself a little quiet area. Um, you know, slow down, you know, zoom in and and ask for God's help. And, you know, you have to understand he does things on his clock, not ours. And if you keep spending time with him and be patient, you will see things that can only be him and you will develop faith. Absolutely. He will give it to you. And that is the absolute sense of certainty that he is who he says he is. He's going to do what he says he's going to do, and he's going to give you access to that through his son who died for all of us, even felons like me.
6: Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know what, Um, everyone that's listening out there, I know that summer is going by very fast. Um, We are already mid-July, and you may be looking for a wonderful read. Maybe you just want to tuck in and read. I would totally recommend The Reason by William Serrell. It's published by Broad Street. It's available everywhere. Um, And and just read it in anticipation for an amazing story, um, and also, an amazing movie that hopefully we'll all be able to see um, come the spring. And, William, thanks so much for your time today and um, just for being with us. The book, the actual website is um, thereasonbook.com. And got it. so, please go there. There is an amazing trailer there which shows some scenes from the movie. And, William, we thank so much. Thank you so much today for your time and just being with us. And thank you so much for writing this book. We know it's going to change lives.
0: Thank you, and I really appreciate you having me on. It was fun.
6: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, and have a wonderful day.
3: Uh, Welcome to the Lena Nelson-Dooley Show. This is our beginning one, but we're really going to premiere the show in August. And my guest is Carol McAdoo. Carol, are you there?
5: Yes, ma'am. Here I am.
3: Okay. I was not able to get into the studio today, I mean, when I was trying to to log in, and so I, I don't have the thing in front of me that tells me who's on the phone. Uh, listen, okay. Listeners, I would like to introduce you to my friend Carol McAdoo. Uh, her name is spelled C A R Y L, which is different, and M C capital A D O O. And I met her at an ACFW national conference, and uh, the next early the next year, I was a speaker at a conference where she was uh, the the director of the conference. And uh, we've become good friends because she's in Texas, too. Carol is all about loving God. She, surrend- she currently writes four series, the historical Christian Texas romance series, a contemporary Red River romance series, The Generations, her biblical fiction, and the newest Days of Dread trilogy for mi- mid-grade readers, known as the Singing Prayer she loves praising with new songs the Lord gives her, and praise her story will give give glory to God. In 2008, she and her high school sweetheart husband, Ron, moved from the DFW area, home for 50-plus years, to the woods of Red River Country. Carol counts four children, 16 grand sugars, life's biggest blessing, believing all good things come from God, Besides glorifying him, she hopes each title will also minister his mercy, love, and grace to its readers. Carol and Ron live in Clarksville, the county seat, in the far northeast corner of the Lone Star State with two of their grandsons. And there's a lot of links where you can find Carol. Um, I think we're going to give you the link to her Website because you can then find all these others there. It's www.carylmcadoo.com. And all of her first chapters are offered there. And if you subscribe to her newsletter, you get free books for subscribing. There's just a lot of things uh, that you want to know about Carol. And then she has a YouTube channel. And when you go there, you can hear... When she sings her new songs she gets from God Um, But Carol and I are going to talk about Two specific things today The first one I want us to talk about Is the WordWise Writing conference for authors
1: Uh
3: Because a lot of people are wanting to be Indie authors And they don't know how to go about it And this conference is mainly toward indie authors, but anyone who writes could would learn a lot from this. And if if they can't afford to go to the national conferences and things like that, this conference is affordable, and it's right here. It's in South Lake, Texas. Um, the uh, website is dot W O R D W Y S E dot com and I uh would suggest that you go and check this out and not just because I'm teaching two of the sessions. I will be teaching on I <laughs> will be teaching on the title is Be Active Show and I'm going to, in that I'm going to include both um uh passive writing and Show, don't tell. You know, they tell you, show, don't tell. Well, what does that mean? And we're going to learn that. This is going to be a working um, uh, workshop. I want the writers to bring their notebooks or their computers, and we are going to do things in this workshop, as well as the one that was mine on Friday, and then on Saturday I will be doing layering pizzazz. And I've done this uh, other times and the people have really loved it. I've had people contact me and say, I've never thought of it this way. You opened my eyes, and I would like to open your eyes. Okay, Carol, when did you get the idea to have this this exposition?
5: Well, um, I went to a book event. It was uh, about 15 authors were there, and it was in Arkansas. And uh, I was talking to the uh, author next to me that hadn't met her before and was telling her a few of the things that I do to market my books. And she got so excited. And then another girl was over listening and she came over and she was excited. And before long, just about everybody there was wanting to me to talk.
1: <laughs>
5: and I didn't get enough information out for all of them, but I told them, I said, well, maybe I'll work on a, some, um, something to where we can get together and y'all can ask questions, and I'll I'll work up a, a teaching on paper so that you can take something home with you. And but I, I'll think about that. So on on the way home, I talked to my husband, and we prayed about it. And then when I started looking for um, a name for it to get my domain name, well, word wise, W I S E, like the word is normally spelled, was already taken. And so I decided to thumb Carol with a Y, I would have word wise with an y. <laughs> And so uh I got my daughter in love on board. Uh she is my virtual assistant and she uh-huh. quit her she quit her high paying job to be a virtual assistant and uh her name's Janice McAdoo. And she has letters after her name for having studied and and shown herself approved to be a virtual assistant. She is a social media guru. And even the presenters who come to a WordWise Expo just love hearing Janice's talks because she puts out so much excellent information. And our, first, our very first expo was strictly marketing, and we do three of them. Well, actually four, because we do strictly marketing, we do strictly publishing, strictly writing, and then we have our all-in-all, all, and that's a little bit of each of those three. And so this South Lake Expo is going to be an all-in-all. All. We we'll have writing uh, presentations marketing presentations and also presentations if you want to publish your own book.
3: Well, I'm excited about it. I know you had one, uh, was it last year that you had one? Close. It was earlier
5: this year in February. Earlier actually. this year,
3: okay. And I uh-huh. know people who went, and they uh-huh. said it was worth every penny they spent to go to that uh Mini conference, and so uh, that's Excellent. why I I wanted to get involved in this because you know Carol that one of the calls of my life is to mentor other authors, Amen. and so um, I I like having opportunities to be able to help people. I've been I've been writing novels uh, from for, in in two. Centuries and
5: all. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> well,
3: you That's probably one reason have, too. Why I
5: call you. That's <laughs> one reason why I call you the lady of literature. And uh, and I, I so appreciate and the Lord crossing our paths and getting to know you and being able to call you friend, Lena.
3: Well, me too, Carol. And I will tell you, listeners, I love Carol's books. Now, your first book was traditionally published, right?
5: Yes, that's right. Uh, Simon & Schuster's Howard Division yes. published uh, Vow Unbroken, the first in the series.
3: But then all the rest you've indie published, right?
5: That's right. I uh, I uh-huh. took an old back title, and that was my first indie book to publish, and it's Lady Luck's a Loser, uh, and that was kind of my practice book. But then in, as soon as my contract allowed, uh, I had to wait six months because of my contract with Simon and Schuster. Yes. But as, uh, as that contract allowed, then I went ahead and published book two myself. And I absolutely uh, love being an indie author. I guess I'm hybrid since I have both. But I love publishing and having total control over my story.
3: Yeah i um, I am hybrid now. <laughs> Uh, because I started out doing um the books that the rights came back to me that were had come out before uh ebooks that i right. first i i i published several ebooks and through uh kindle that 's all I had done and then um I got the rights back to uh my will rogers my first will rogers award winning book and it um, we just published it in May under a different title. It was Love Find You in Golden New Mexico, and now it is The Gold Digger. And uh-huh. we did it. My my agent my agent has the Amazon has offered agents the ability to publish books uh, through Amazon on a white glove program. It's called, and so well, that book. That book came out in both um, uh, print and uh, e-book. Uh, in uh, it, uh, the e-book came out in April, and the May is when the uh, the print book come out. And right now, Carol, I just finished listening to the whole audio book. Uh,
5: yes, ma'am. To
3: check it for, because uh, and I did that myself. Uh, I mean, I didn't. Do, I'm not the talent. I went through ACX,
1: and I've, right. I've
3: noticed that I've got an email again, and I'm going to have to go because there were a few words she didn't know how she didn't pronounce right, and so just okay, very okay. few, very few.
1: Uh-huh, and so uh-huh. I've got to go
3: back and check that again, and so that's that may be out by the end of this month, even. Oh, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's yes, exciting! I have, it is. I've
5: had three three of my um, historical romances uh, read for audio, and those are, the third one that is ready to put out right now, Sins of the Mother. And then um, I have two of my biblical fictions that are on audio already.
3: Okay. And well, now, I'm going
5: to eventually get all of them to audio.
3: Yeah. Are you, uh, do you do them yourself or do you go through ACX?
5: I go through ACX. Yeah. Now,
3: uh-huh. If I had access to a good sound studio, I could do it because I have a background in drama and uh on stage and off stage and you know all that kind of thing. But I don't awesome. have access to a good sound studio or I'd read my own books. But I, I got a the lady the lady that I got, she really makes the book come alive, you know.
1: Awesome. And awesome.
3: and it was real funny because I had not read this book in a long time. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> and and I was I've I had to listen to this ten hour audio book in the last two days.
1: Uh-huh. And
3: so I just had it, I had it in my in my se- smartphone. And when I do a lot I do a lot of walking because of my legs and things like that. Uh, m- uh-huh. My knees I have to get up and walk and get up and walk. So <laughs> uh huh. I had it going all the time when I was going all around doing things every, when I did things and and I would I'd go wow. I, I don't remember that part. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know how
3: you know how God when you're writing God will give you he'll say, Okay, don't do it that way, do it this way. If it does he do uh-huh. you that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was there were some things I forgot about and I went, You know, this is a pretty darn good book Yes, yes. I've
5: just been I know exactly what you're saying and and but mine hadn't been even ten years. I, I was um, doing my proof corrections for the book that's coming out in September, and uh, and even then, I, as I read it, I'll get caught up in the story, you know, when I go to one particular center. and proofing takes me so long because I keep getting caught up in the story. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, I understand, and,
3: and, I understand that. The character. Uh-huh. Um, well, I am, right now, I have just... Uh, I'm in the, I'm in the final edit. I've had it out to um, beta readers, but I'm in the final edit of my first 98,000 word book,
5: uh-huh. and
3: it's it's going to be published through the White Glove thing too with Joyce because she she uh, tried to market the. Uh, uh, proposal and uh it didn't get picked up by anybody and i it's a book i felt like needed to be out and so we're doing we're doing that so that could be out by the end of august i'm hoping okay uh we want people to come to wordwise.com and check out the whole site you can it'll say it has a thing that tells you about the you can meet the faculty you can see the schedule uh you can have testimonials. Uh, there's all kinds of things on here. And we would like to see you. It's going to be in South Lake, Texas at what church? It's going to be at uh,
5: the Grace Community Church.
3: Yeah, which is
5: That's be really. don't no, You exit White, though, if I'm remembering correctly. You exit yes, White,
3: White Chapel. White, White Chapel. Chapel okay. And after you go, after you uh, exit, White's Chapel, you go south one block and then turn west one long block. Right, because it's right here,
5: almost get off the highway.
3: James and I go by there when we go from our house out to uh, Gateway where we go to church. We drive uh-huh, by there. Uh-huh. We, dry, we drive up White's Chapel after we, we come down and hit, um, uh, well, South Lake Boulevard, and then we turn up White's Chapel, and we've gone by that. I didn't even realize the church was back in there until I looked at the map of where this Grace Church was, and I went, oh, and I told James, and he said, yeah, I've seen the sign of that. I, I kind of glanced up there before. So, okay, so we know where we're
5: I got, going. I got involved there with because that's where my mama went, right before she uh, went home to be with Jesus. That was the last church she went to. Oh, and okay. my my uh my brother in law and my sister are associate were I don't know if they still are or not, were associate pastors there. Mhm. And uh cool. so that's the last place I went before we moved out to Red River <coughs> but I love going to Gateway too when I'm in town. And yeah. uh, I I love listening to Robert on the T V.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh... I'm I'm going to be teaching um, uh, an equip class. You know, they have equip classes. I'm going uh-huh. to be teaching an equip class. Uh, my first session will be in December, uh, and it will just be Book Writing 101. That's what the pastor that's over the equip classes at our campus titled it. And then later on I'll be doing that's a one session kind of to introduce people who want to write a book awesome. and then the
1: next funny. session
3: the next session will be i don't know four or six weeks or something and it'll be after the first of the year but yeah that's kind of exciting um because people no matter you know I gateway is a big church but people will will t- somebody will say well i i'm I want to write a book, and they'll say, "Oh, you need you need to know Lena Nelson Dooley. She <laughs> she helps people." Well, when yes, you have when you have two or three a month asking you to help them, you just can't, you can't do it. You can't do that. Right. Many, you know, right. and so that's why I have been wanting to do a um, an equipped class because then people can come. Because uh, it, it's it's Are going you gonna, to be will it be every week every
1: month?
3: <laughs> well. The first one will be December the eleventh during the ten forty five service at the uh, Northwestern Health campus, but people can okay. come from people can come from all the other campuses. And uh, well, that is interesting. This is a why do you want why do you want to write a
1: book? <laughs> this uh-huh, is a why, uh-huh.
3: why it's a why do you want to write a book session
1: and how right.
3: how to decide some things you know uh, and yes. then.
1: Well,
5: and then
3: I'm I not sure when that, Go ahead
5: I believe that God is really calling Christians to write And oh, I to know. make movies And to get the Christians You know to put, put Entertainment out Into the world that glorifies Him and That's right. uh, there's So many Christians who want to write And that there's so much to Writing that that a regular Reader doesn't ever doesn't understand about point of view and and sequel and show don't tell and all those things. And so it is awesome that the church is offering that class and allowing you to teach it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, They do equip classes in all areas of of people's lives. There's business-equipped classes and there's worship-equipped classes and there's, you know, just all different, marriage-equipped classes, all kinds of things or whatever people are dealing with. That, that's uh, an awesome ministry. Yes it is. Yes it is. Uh so now Carol we need to talk about your book. Oh yes, good.
1: So
3: about at Liberty to love. Is that the one we're going to talk about? This morning? Well, the one you the one you told me you wanted to talk about. I'd have to go back okay. and look at emails. See,
1: okay. I well, thought it
3: was I thought it was the one about Louis her, about the mothers about the daughter, something. I've uh, read well,
5: it. I, I was gonna. Yeah, you read "Sins of the Mother." I, I had written you an extra little note. "Sins of the Mother" is on
3: free today.
5: Oh, so okay. Visits, oh, it's free. Well, That's what I was saying.
3: Let's tell them about that. Go uh, well, to. Is it still on free? Uh,
5: yes, yes. It just started today, and it'll be free for five days. And, okay. Uh, they can, Go to Amazon and and look Sins of the Mother by Carol McAdoo, C-A-R-Y-L-M-C-A-D-O-O, and they can just download it for free onto their Kindle or iPads. And uh, it's book four in the series, Uh, and I've been having different books of the series Either on sale or for free, leading up the to co- celebrate the new release at liberty to love
3: uh-huh and
5: and at Liberty to love is book seven and uh this this series spans a century and it spans five generations of this family and yeah uh, i'
3: I've, I've read all of them <laughs> that you, uh-huh, that you, uh-huh. yeah up until now. Um, Uh huh. So they might. Well, each story is kind of a standalone, but they might they'll want to go back and get the beginning, and and follow the series. I was just telling a lady today. She asked
5: me if she could read book four before she read one, two, and three, and I said, "Well, you can. You absolutely can. I write every book to be a standalone, but." I think you'll enjoy them so much more if you read them in order. <laughs>
3: because well, then I you felt, know the people. Yeah, I felt that way, you know, about um, my tennis McKenna's series. I thought, well, they need right. to read the first ones before they read the others. But one of my friends, she had read the first two, and she had got the third one, and it was laying there in the house, and her husband picked it up and read it. Uh-huh. And he hadn't read the first two. And he picked it up and read it, and he saw. He caught me then at sun, Sunday at church, and he said, "I just read that book, and it is awesome, and blah blah blah." And I said, that Well, I thought, I thought you might, you know, uh, Well, he said, "I'm going to go back and read the others now that I've read uh-huh. it." <laughs> I love to though, have it. I
5: love it when men uh, read my books, books and and give me reviews. I've got two or three different guys uh, who read all of my books, and they uh, write wonderful uh, reviews on them at Amazon. Uh, the men seem to give me five stars every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: well, I had, you know, up until then I had thought, well, when I would tell people, I'd say, well, now you'll want to read these two before you get the last one, and now don't do that.
5: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you can really—I mean, I think you can enjoy all of my books. If you picked up *At Liberty to Love* as your very first book, I think you would just love the book, and you'd probably want to go back and read the stories. Um, the thing about reading them in order—you won't—you won't have spoilers, you know, right, because when right. you, when you cover uh, five generations, well, sometimes some of the people have to die. And yeah. if you find out that somebody's already dead, well, it might mess up the books that they die in. You know?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
5: and, and so it's it's all about a spoiler situation, you know. If you start at the yeah. point first, you you won't have a spoiler.
3: Well, with McKenna's daughters, the book one and book two uh, truly were standalone books. The only thing uh-huh. that connect, the only thing that connected them was the uh, prologue. And then uh, everything came together in the last book, and there would be things um, that would be spoilers a little bit. But the stories are, you know, the major part of the stories of the books are not in are not in the last book. You know, a lot of things happened uh-huh. that weren't in that didn't make the last book. Is just where they all come together eventually. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's. um, Writing books is a fun thing, isn't it, Carol?
5: (laughs) It is. It is. I enjoy it. This next book that's coming out, The Bed Warmer Sun, will be out in September. I'm having a cover reveal party. Uh, Break lit. Break lit. Celebrate tea at the end of it. And uh, they have. You could. don't come to that party, uh, but this Bed Warmer son is a companion to, to the Texas romances, but it's not actually a part of the Texas romances, it's, it's a lot of differences, although a few names, uh, and those are descendants of the
3: people in my, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, that, um, Somebody told me they they said you should write you should write stories of of their kids <laughs> of the McKenna you know I don't know God hadn't laid that on my heart yet, so I'm not yet not yet, <laughs> but uh, uh so Carol, let's do let's but, do a few little um, fun things. Lena, Lena, this yes.
2: is Linda, and uh-huh. Carol got disconnected. I um, I oh. sort of oh she's back on. I heard her call kind of degrading. So there it, this oh, uh-huh. must be Carol. <laughs>
0: Carol,
3: are you back? Carol. Yeah, I knew I knew I wasn't getting all of the. What, <laughs> yeah, what she, she was, was, was disappearing
2: from her end. I don't know if she was having trouble with um, her phone. Um, yeah. Are you back, Carol? Oh, apparently she's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so why don't we talk? Oh, here. Maybe this is her. Let's try that. Okay. <laughs> Carol? Carol? Oh, this must be um, Carla's guest. Carla's on and Carla with her guest. Your guest may not make it back because she had a bad connection, Lena. Um, So do you want to quickly tell about your latest release? Um, You have three minutes or a little under three minutes?
3: Well, I was thinking, you know, when we did that, the early, the half hour where we were telling about our new shows. Oh, uh, one second. One second. Is this Carol? This is Carol. Uh Uh-huh. She's okay. Back. <laughs> You're, we were we were kind of getting disconnected. Uh, yes, we did get you disconnected. I'm calling on another phone. That that helps. That helps. So Carol, let's give let's give them uh, give them how to ke- get in touch with you. I mean, your your website. Okay. I'll let you I'll yep. let you do it this time.
5: All right. That's going to be com. And it, my name is
3: C-A-R-Y-L-M-C-D,
5: as in David,
3: o You left the A out. You left the A I out. I left the A
5: out. Yeah. I don't even know how to spell my own name. M-C-A-D-O-O. A lot of people want to put the A with M-A-C. But yeah. M-C,
3: capital A, D-O-O. .com. com And you'll want to visit her there And then we want to once again Give the information uh, About the WordWise uh, Exposition
5: Yes and that website Is www.wordwise.com And the only thing in WordWise Is that the I of Y Is a Y W O R D W Y S E Wordwise dot com. Uh, you can also go to my Facebook page, Carol Lawrence McAdoo and they can find a, a click, you know, a link to click to Wordwise there.
3: Well, yeah, and they they can find one. I mean, they can find Wordwise on my on my on, on your website. Both of uh, my yes, fa- Facebooks. Yeah, I've been I've been. Posting it and forwarding it Because
5: we want a lot of
3: people there Don't we Carol
5: Yes absolutely And it's only $150 It's a two day uh, expo And that includes dinner on Friday Lunch on uh, Saturday We'll have a common meal breakfast Saturday morning And we have six presenters And I was counting up yesterday And of the six presenters We have close to two million books Out there Oh Oh my goodness and that, I mean we have some Ladies who know what they're talking about And then also my husband's coming too So we've got one gentleman presenter as well <laughs> Not just all ladies this time. Yeah. It's fine
3: um, Well Carol you I, just friends, want, yeah, I want to ahead. thank you for being on my show And um, uh, I have enjoyed talking to you And folks Go check out her books Because her books are authentic historical Texas and very. Amen. Crit-
5: Amen. Amen. Well, thank Amen. you for having me, Lena. It's just been a pleasure, and I always enjoy visiting with you.
3: I'm looking forward to being with you in a couple of weeks. Yes, ma'am.
2: And now, Carla Hoke, yes, are you there?
4: I am so here.
2: All righty. I am so here. I love
4: that I love that groovy opener music. I really like that. It started up and I thought, oh, yeah, I started shaking my head.
1: It is that time
4: again. It is that time, Geek Block heads. Put on your TARDIS slippers and settle in for the Geek Block. I'm your host, Carla Hope. First, a little housekeeping if you missed the very beginning of the show. The Geek Block, she is a moving... We will be airing loud and clear from the mothership on the third Monday of the month, 1.30 Central Standard Time. I will post obsessively to social media to be sure that all the blockheads out there are ready for the change. Change is hard, I know, but together we can work through this. All right. Uh, Let's get off and running. My guest today is author, artist, and ultimate geek girl behind the upcoming Railmakers Conference. My guest today is Becky Miner. How are you today, Becky? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Okay, right off the bat, tell folks how they can find you on the worldwide interwebinary.
7: Oh, but if they just look around long enough, they'll find something, because I'm in mean, all kinds that's of right. places. But, um, that's right. The best place right now is to go to realm makers, two M's in the middle there, com and that's where all our conference doings will be found. Otherwise, I hang out on my author page at rebeccapminer.com, and that'll have stuff I'm working on for graphic novels, what's going on with my... Poor defunct books that are waiting to get back into publication, stuff like that. And then, otherwise, you can hang out with me on Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram. All Rebecca minor.
4: Oh, I am impressed. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See, I can't. I can't even hardly say the three of those together without. I, I'm so techno stupid, though. I, I really am, and I've accepted that. Okay, I mentioned, I'm okay with it I'm okay with me um, I mentioned earlier that you're not only an author And you mentioned it as well, some graphic novels But you are an artist as well Tell folks what kind of artist you are
7: What is your medium? My medium right now is mostly digital I was trained as a traditional animator Back in the 90s That's how old Ooh. I am, went to college then um, And was uh, drawing
4: when I went to anim- college and you're younger than me
7: All right, so we can both be not old together. How's that? That's right. I love that. Awesome. Um, I was trained in the old style where you draw the characters on pages and flip the paper to make them go. And uh, so that was kind of my initial storytelling um, training. I learned filmmaking and script writing and all of that in animation school. Um, From there, animation basically Went overseas because Pixar happened, and now all hand drawn animation is done, like, in India or Southeast Asia. So here I am, not in Southeast Asia. So now I tell stories with graphic novels. So I'm working with a company called Rabbit Publishing that um, Mm -hmm. is doing a a large, large series of books, some of them graphic novels, some of them chapter books. So I'm Mm -hmm. hanging out there a bit, and then, um, you know, just kind of painting sometimes and just trying to get better at it as I go.
4: Tell folks who are just tuning in for maybe the first time what a graphic novel is, because if you don't know what a graphic novel is, you assume it's something it's
7: very much not.
4: <laughs>
6: Tell exactly. Tell people what a graphic novel
4: is.
7: It sounds like it's full of guts and gore because it's graphic, right. but it doesn't have to be. Um, a graphic novel is basically, um, think of a typical comic book, but blown out to being a long format. So instead of being 32 pages, you're going to have you know, upwards of 100 pages or more. Um, Sometimes there are compilations of a lot of different comics that are brought together that are under one storyline, or sometimes it's a freestanding thing. And what we're doing are um, individual stories about a young boy whose town is basically Halloween every day, and it kind of creates an analogy for the believer in the world, Um, you know, just dealing with Halloween basically every day in the spiritual realm.
4: How have you found um, drawing compares to writing creatively or creating something artistically versus, you know, pen and paper?
7: Um, I find that creating art, you really get to hone in on a moment. You really are taking a moment and telling a story of that single moment. So I think in my writing, I tend to be – Um, People have said, you can tell I'm an artist when you read what I write, because there's this degree to which I really want you to see where the character is and feel where the character is. And so sometimes those moments are extended um, in description. So, um, you know, some people love description, some don't. So if you don't really want to know what kind of flowers are around the horse's feet and how it sounds, maybe my stuff wouldn't be <laughs> for you. But but I definitely feel like there is a um, an, an observation tendency that really kind of overlaps from my drawing to my writing. It is funny
4: how much uh, literature has really you know, moved away from that. If you read Jane Austen, you know, you're going to have pages of what the cobblestone road looks like.
1: Mm -hmm. I like
4: that. But now everything, you know, is fast. Tell me fast. Get me to the point. But I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that you give all that detail. Um, I said earlier, you are the gal behind Realm Makers. Tell folks what Realm Makers
7: is. Realm Makers is the thing that has taken over my husband and my life right now. (laughs) I just get to approve things right now, and he's doing all the phone calling and all that, so I'm in heaven that way. But Realm Makers is a writer's conference. It's geared only toward the nerds, though. It's all for geeks who write science fiction and fantasy, but also have a walk of faith with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that is a is a little niche, but it's a tough spot for a lot of writers. It really is. Yeah, there's just, um, there's the comic cons and all of the um, science fiction and fantasy um, conventions and that kind of thing where a Christian writer may find some antagonism. They may find places where people are telling them Christians have no right to even be in that space, in that science fiction space, especially. And then on the other side, we have, um, you know, there are Christians who look at fantasy and science fiction and are concerned about the overlap with actual occult and that kind of thing. And um, so they're wary of it. So the the folks who come to Realm Makers don't really have a permanent home in either the church camp or the world camp when it comes to yep. trying to enjoy their craft. So we exactly. created Realm Makers to give them that place to come together, to geek out together, to not get the weird looks. You know, you go to a regular writers' conference and you sit at the table right. and you're the only dragon person That's right. there. Everybody right. else is, you know, doing historical or romance or memoir, right. and that's all needed. But it just it creates a dynamic where you're like, I'm all alone, and you really aren't. So we wanted to make sure people knew that.
4: When did when was the first Railmakers?
7: The first Railmakers was in 2013. So we're having our fourth annual conference this year, and we've had excellent growth. Our first conference was in um, St. Louis at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, which was a great little spot for us as we started out, and we had about 60 attendees that first time. We weren't sure if we were going to have 20 people show up to talk about fantasy and science fiction. We just threw it Mm -hmm. out there and went, okay, let's see what happens. So we had a much better turnout than we expected, but this year, we're only after four years expecting to see more than 200 attendees at our awards gala, so can't complain. No, and you know the
4: funny the funny thing about Realm Makers, and it's one of the things I really like about it, is even though they're, you're in a room with more than 100 people, and I stopped and I looked around last year at how many people were in the room, and it never occurred to me how many people were in the room, because it's such a, um, it's very intimate. It's very people talking one-on-one. There's no us and them. There's no writer. Mm-hmm versus the people there that are teaching. You know, there's no great and powerful oz. Everybody just comes <laughs> together. So I, it it is a it is becoming a big little conference. And I hope it I hope it always keeps that feel. But the kind of people that write that that I think they're that kind of person. We're not really suit and
7: tie kind of people.
4: Mhm. And we're I very think because we're all in kind the of folks.
7: Yeah, we're in the same boat. You know, we all know that right. We know what challenges we're facing. And then I think those challenges kind of knit us together as a, right. um, you know, as a team in a lot of ways. Right. Let's
4: say that I am a fledgling writer. I have no completed manuscript. I'm just toying with some ideas. What would I get out of this convention?
7: Well, if you're just getting your feet wet, there's going to be tons of content for you to really um, take your manuscript to the next step. We um, really try to gear our curriculum to not be the 101 level sort of um, yeah. sort of content. We try to go to that mm-hmm. 200 level, that 300 level, so that if you right. just kind of started out, but you do have something written, you you go, okay, well, now I can really depth, get some depth into my world building, or I can look at these very specific facets that apply to just science fiction and fantasy and learn how to flesh them out, because sometimes there's just – um, you know, it's tough to come across information that you can sit and digest. You know, with I find, like, with searching on the Internet for information, there's so much you just can't even make the daily time to take it in. No. Then you head to a conference no. and you're sitting in a session and you can just make – you've set aside that time to absorb. And there's a lot of craft stuff to absorb at Realm Makers, but also a lot of genre-specific stuff to absorb. That um, It'll right. be like drinking from a fire hose, but, you know, you take away what you can get in. <laughs> You know, the
4: genre-specific stuff is huge.
7: And
4: if if you are a new writer and you've never been to – if you're a new spec fic writer and you've never been to a writing conference, you don't know how isolating it feels to go to class after class that talks about, you know, point of view and, you know, really getting into your plot line. And every example is from a genre that you cannot relate to at all because there are some things about speculative fiction you're not going to find – in a regular, let's say, for instance, romance, you're not going to mm-hmm. go to a romance writing class and find out what world building is. And so you teach SPECFIC from, uh, from that perspective, and it really does matter. And so I appreciate you do that.
7: Well, thank you. And I know you've really been frustrated. Yeah, you've been frustrated <laughs> at other conferences too. Oh, yeah. There's, well, There's just those moments where you look around and you go, there's nothing for me here I mean I already right. know point of view or I already have worked on three act structure so what do I do now and there's only one editor here who to pitch and he already turned me down last exactly. year Exactly. You know? right
4: right I remember one time I was in a class and it was being taught from the perspective of romance it was still relative relevant information don't get me wrong but yeah. it was from the perspective of romance, and I just wanted to raise my hand and say, okay, but once <laughs> zombies are coming, then what? <laughs> just know, to throw so them in. It is, it is very refreshing to have that. You just mentioned, you know, agents and editors that deal with spec fix. So if I am a person and I have a finished manuscript and I don't know what to do with it, but I know I'm supposed to do something with it, what, what will I get out of Realm Makers?
7: Well, Realm Makers does offer opportunities to sit down with both agents and publishing houses. Um, the publishing houses we have in this year, we have a mixture of CBA, that's Christian booksellers, you know, your typical Christian mm-hmm. bookstore type publishers and agents, as well as some outside of the CBA, some American bookseller type. Um, Good. I love that. A couple of publishing houses, um, specifically Jolly Fish and Shadow Mountain this year. And they're coming in, and they're looking for. They're sympathetic to a faith-based worldview. Is why we've chosen them. They understand right. that we want to write stuff that still glorifies God, but it can right. have a little edgy stuff in there. You know, life is life is edgy. Let's life say. is edgy. <laughs> and when you
1: throw zombies in, it gets edgy. more edgy.
4: <laughs> yes, exactly. The guest so these uh, this year is thomas Locke? will he be going mm-hmm. i i thanks to you thanks to you and you alone i was able to interview him will he do, what can we call him are we going to call him thomas Locke? Or are we going to call him davis Dunn? what are we going to call him he
7: writes yeah, his know, date, and that's but a only one thing. of the those is things. on her his birth certificate what are you going to call him he put thomas on his name tag so i'm going to go with that so i'm going to go with thomas
1: there you and go. Folks, That's, if you I don't the name know who helps. Thomas
7: Locke
4: is, definitely look up Thomas Locke and you will know why we're gonna call him whatever he puts on his name tag. Tell <laughs> listeners about him.
7: I'm sorry, repeat that. Tell tell listeners about Thomas. Thomas is Spen, splits his time between Oxford and here. So I mean anybody who works half the year at Oxford University, you figure, okay, we need to listen to this guy. Yes. <laughs> he is yeah. he's a writer of multiple genres. He, um, he goes under the pen name Thomas Locke for more of his speculative type stuff. And Davis Bunn, I believe, he has a little bit more on the thriller side of the universe there. Mm-hmm. So if you know Davis Bunn, you actually do know Thomas Locke. So yes. um, a lot of folks go, I don't know who that is when we say Thomas Locke, and then we say Davis Bunn, and they go, oh, I do know him. And he is just the sweetest guy. I mean, I've emailed him he back really and forth really stupid things like, when are you getting mm-hmm. here? Uh, do you want us to pick you up in this van or that car? No, we didn't get that specific. But um, just, yeah. just in talking back and forth with him, he is so gracious and really has a heart to share um, the things that he's learned. And I really also believe to learn from the group that he's going to be teaching. So it's going to be really amazing to have him and his, you know, New York Times best-selling type status with us as right. well as his gracious, um, safe right. worldview
4: which is something that you do not get at a very large conference, at a very large conference. And I've been to larger conferences where they had a guest speaker, and I, I, I can't remember who they were because I only mm-hmm. saw them walk on stage and speak, and then they left. And so I just thought, right. well, okay, can we eat now? But, no, <laughs> he, he will be among us. He'll be with everybody. And he is just like you said. He's very nice. He's very down to earth. And it always surprises me. You know, I look up things about the authors beforehand and I think, ooh, I have no business interviewing this person. He is way above my social status. But then I talk <laughs> to them and they're the nicest, nicest people. He is a machine. I don't know if you know this. He writes his first draft by hand. I
7: can't imagine hand. my hand surviving that.
4: That's crazy. To, I know. I, I joked with him. I said, is that an app
7: or is that a really <laughs> Are you like, really? And he laughed
4: and he goes, no. He said, you know, my first draft is my prayer. Which made me feel super goofy after I made a joke about it. But yeah, he does the first one. He, he does the first one by hand. Now, he is not the only mega writer that will be there. Tell some of the other folks that are going to be at the conference.
3: Well, we're,
1: we
7: try to make as much of an all star cast as we can. So we always want to make sure people go, oh, I know who that is when we assemble that faculty. So, among our other illustrious speakers, we'll have Miss Kathy Tires Gillen back. Kathy is, mm-hmm. is the author of Firebird and also has written in the Star Wars universe. Taska right. uh, maybe she is known by a couple folks there. <laughs> she's uh, multi award winning. We'll have her on, mm-hmm. on tap again. Mike Duran's going to be with us. If you've gotten mm-hmm. in a fight on the internet, Mike Duran was probably involved. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Mike is such a great, great guy. And, but he He's definitely nice likes to stir the
4: person. pot. He is so nice.
7: And he definitely challenges people, though. He says, you know, yes, really look at what you believe and what you're thinking, and why do you believe it? Did somebody tell you to, so like or that. do you believe it? Because you believe it. So that's what right. I love about Mike. And so that's Steve Lobby. You. He's going to be um, there representing Enclave Publishing and the Steve Lobby Agency. He is um, Enclave is now part of a, a bigger entity called Gilead. So Steve is um, consulting for Gilead on behalf of Enclave. So he'll be looking at manuscripts and teaching. He's going to sort of be our... our uh, Faith-based class. His track is going to be all about just preparing yourself spiritually for writing, and I think a lot he's of people are amazing. going to love that.
4: He's amazing. He is amazing. He is one of those people, and I've only said this about one other person. That's Lisa Walker England. Steve Bobby is one of those people that you feel like you could warm your hands next to his brain. He's that smart. <laughs> just sizzling he's away. so awesome. incredibly smart and kind, and he's he's fantastic. There are a ton of great people there. And thanks to Mm -hmm. you, again, and you alone, I've interviewed just about everybody that's on the faculty. And in the, I don't know how many years I've been doing this show, four years, I've only been nervous one time, only once, and that was Kathy Tires.
0: (laughs) I'm absolutely
4: correct, but she's the nicest, kindest person. How do you get your guest speakers? Like, how, how did you get up and think, Yes, today I can contact Thomas Locke, and he will say yes. How did that happen?
7: Well, thankfully I have helpers. There are are little contact elves out there who help me get the up-and-comers and the big important folks. And one of those is Ben Wolf, who I think you've also interviewed, Um, Ben is the the guy who runs Splickety Magazine, and he's also an author in his own right, having written Blood for Blood and also a children's Mm -hmm. book called I'd Punch a Lion in the Eye for You. In the Eye for You. That's right. (laughs) Such a good guy. But he is kind of my man on the ground. He's out at a lot of conferences for the sake of Splickety. So Mm -hmm. he rubs elbows with folks. And Ben, if you've ever met him, he's your best friend, you know, in five minutes. Right. So he's definitely right. willing to talk to anybody, and he's willing to ask anybody anything. So he just jumps in there that. and says, hey, I've talked to this guy. I think we should give him a buzz. So Ben kind of lays the groundwork, and then I seal the deal. And between the two of us, we, we get some really good names going. Now, tell,
4: tell listeners about some of the, comp, the, um, the actual classes that will be there. So when they go up and they look at a schedule, what are some of the titles they're going to see?
7: All right. Our class content is not going to sound like your typical schedule. I'm going to warn kind you of that. that. We sometimes not say your not your garden variety schedule. Con- yeah, not your grandmother's writing com- conference or not your garden variety. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we have, say, a theology of speculative fiction. That's going to be Mike Duran's moment of just right. really looking at um, what we, you know, what we bring theologically to speculative fiction and what we can take away from it, even from horror, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, absolutely. We've got... World weaving and story shaping. That's Kathy. Kathy Tires. She's going to help us right. really figure out how to get our characters and our story woven together in a beautiful way that they are an outgrowth of one another in the world. Mm-hmm. We. I'm um, my favorite. How to make a bad book cover. <laughs> Kirk Dupont is going to. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Dupont is basically going to you know do a reverse psychology on us and let us know what not to do right. and what to do in book covers. Um, right. Chris Morris is going to be teaching something called. Avoiding IRS audits, jail time, and unnecessary CPAs. (laughs) Exactly. So the business of being creative is something we also want to help people focus on because that can be really sticky.
6: Um, That
7: is so important. That is so important. You
4: don't realize that when you actually do become an established writer, oh, crud, people are
7: actually buying this. What do I do with this money? And so that's so important you're doing that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No worries. Uh, Patrick Carr is teaching From Tolkien to Sanderson, Character Tropes in Fantasy and How to Make Them Work for You. It might be the longest Mm -hmm. title ever, but that's okay. I love it. That's exactly what we're getting into. That's Patrick Carr. Patrick Carr, correct? Tosca Lee is going to admit she's a gamer and say what she's learned about characterization from role-playing games. Good. And then there will be proposal content and that kind of thing as well. Right, and people do have an opportunity
4: to uh, set up appointments with different professionals, editors, agents, and just kind
7: of hash out some things, correct? Exactly. There will be opportunities to, if you have a manuscript, you can pitch it. If you don't have a manuscript, there will be mentor appointments that people can sign up for at the conference itself right. and just say, right. hey, I want to run this by you and pick your brain for 15 minutes or a half hour right. if you can manage get lucky and get two. Um, Yeah, so those professionals that are with us are also in a method of giving back, which we love. They just want to sit down and help that person who is not as far along the road know what to do next.
4: Right, and definitely, folks, if you've not signed up for one of those appointments, definitely sign up for one. It is not a huge deal. Do not feel stupid to sit down in front of them and say, I think I'm writing something, but I'm not sure if I'm writing something, and I'm not sure if I know what it's about. They're going to laugh because they've been there they get it or you're every time they start a them. book exactly. probably <laughs> exactly or you can just sit down and
7: say you know what i'm super stressed out can we just stare at each other for a minute <laughs> okay yeah exactly can you just sit and pray with me i mean that happens yeah. too
4: exactly absolutely this year is it is at uh, villanova university and you always have them at colleges
7: why is that We've been using the college model because we're very conscious of the fact that selling books is not a get-rich-quick scheme. (laughs) If you're an author, there's a very good chance that you are doing it for the love for the most part. And so we want to be mindful of people's budgets. And the college model is less expensive for everybody, especially on the housing end of things.
4: Yes. Have you decided on a
7: location for next year? Are you allowed? To we have. We're super excited about next year, and we're going to tell everybody what that location and who the keynote speaker is at the Saturday night right before the Yay! Thunderdome Fight Workshop. <laughs> so Absolutely. We'll make a big announcement there, and uh, it should be pretty cool. We've got little cards for people to hand out, so if they want to tell their friends, you need to be here, then we can give that them little cards. Be there. I love
4: that. I would like to say in the, Houston, in, in the future, I would like to throw Houston into that hat because we have got a ton of universities around here. And also, it's, you know, it's Texas and it's Houston and we're awesome. And there is a house made of beer cans downtown. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, tell me
7: what other city can boast that. There's a house made of beer cans, beer cans,
4: exactly. Exactly.
7: Okay, you work so much
4: at the conference. Do you ever get to attend any classes? I have not yet.
7: <laughs> I'm no. hoping this year, because I have a bigger um, advisory board and planning committee, that I might be able to pop in on something. A lot of times I kind oh, of catch it 10 or 15 minutes, and then my phone chimes, and I run off to go, you know, not necessarily put out a fire, but it's just something that's going right. on. Right. right. So oh, We and, shall see.
4: And let me mention, folks, if, if you haven't heard, there is a consignment <gasps>
7: bookstore. Tell folks about the consignment bookstore.
3: The bookstore
7: is open to all conferees, and what we do is you just send us a form with the things you want to sell, and it's not just books. We're going to have folks selling jewelry that they've made. That's right. Little figurines, um, anything yes. that appeals appeal to the speculative person, um, there's going to be goods for sale, and, of course, books and books and more books. Um, so right. what we do is we take that form filled out of what you want to sell, and we put it into our little inventory system. We have a computerized inventory so that we can track everything that you sell instead of people trying to count up and that kind of thing. And um, we pay you basically um, your profits on that particular book, and we take a little, uh, little percentage so that we can run credit card transactions and that kind of thing. But it's a great opportunity for companies to get their hands on your work. Awesome. Folks, Realm Makers is a conference.
4: It is next. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Is there still time? If they haven't registered, can they still
7: show up? People can still show up. We can't guarantee anything in terms of housing because we've basically packed the university dorms out. The right. university has other events going on. So if you decide, oh my gosh, I just have to go, you could walk in and register on Thursday morning right. or any time Thursday, right. really. Um, and that would be fine. You just have to get a local hotel in order to stay nearby. And there are hotels within five miles of the university, so it's not, it's not undoable. You just have to do a little bit of logistical shuffling there. And you can walk awesome. in and buy meals at the university um, dining hall, which is award-winning. It's not like the cafeteria Ooh. pool. It's, uh, you know, choose a cheesesteak or rotisserie chicken or whatever vegan thing they're making today. Right. It's choices for everybody. Um, and those are available at the door. So even if you walk in, register for the conference, you'll still get food, and there are hotels where you can sleep.
4: So look it up, folks. It's Realm Makers, R E A L M M A K E R S. I am proud of myself for spelling that. I didn't even have it written down in front of me. Boom. Look it up, and we are running out of time. But do you have time for a few rapid-fire questions? I hope so. I sure do. Okay, better for battling dragons, catapult, sword, or another dragon on a
7: stick. Another dragon on a stick. Catapults are not good to aim at moving things.
4: If they're really not. Better for battling zombies, crossbow, katana,
7: or friends that are slower than you. I'm going to go with the friends that are slower than you.
3: You Army are my kind of woman. Run. I'm loving this.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. And last but not least, what is a worse Superpower superhuman strength only while wearing an unflattering swimsuit or the ability to stop criminals only by spraying
7: them like a skunk? I'm going to have to go with spraying like a skunk. Nobody loves a skunk and nobody wants to be squirting things out their butt. That's just not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
4: thank you for saying it. It crosses the mind of every single person I have asked that question to, and you have been the only one to dare and say it. Good for you, woman. Okay, (laughs) folks, again, Realm Makers, look it up. It is next week. There is still time for you to drop by. You may have to get some housing on your own. And if you are looking for Becky online, what is your personal website, Becky?
7: My personal website is Rebecca, with two Cs, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, pminer.com
4: that's awesome and you know what folks that is it for us today on the geek block be sure to check social media to see which of your favorite hosts is going to be when so that you can be sure not to miss the show I know some of these are going to be podcasts which are going to make it even easier for you to turn in but that is it for us on a long a writer thank you so much and have
7: a very blessed day thank you